0: Welcome to Innovation Hub, I'm Kara Miller. When it comes to getting healthy, everyone is always looking for a magic bullet. Elsie Stern didn't exactly find a magic bullet, but she did find ABBA. Elsie had been told to calm her high anxiety, which is a condition that has contributed to her being hospitalized.
1: So then they say meditate, but when you're sitting here meditating, I'm thinking of all these things I shouldn't be thinking of. I gotta pay this bill, I gotta do this, I have to do that.
0: Then a local organization, which works with seniors, told Elsie they had started to give music to some of their clients to see if it might enhance their lives. And they wanted to know what kind of music did she like? It was an easy question. I love ABBA. ABBA, the the Swedish pop group.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lucky nobody lives upstairs. You know, can hear me.
0: Elsie remembers going out dancing to ABBA. And when she heard their music again, those dancing days came flooding back to her. But something else happened, too. Her anxiety dropped.
1: When Marina came and she said, if I brought the music for me, Of course, I listened to that, and now I don't have all this going on in my head because I love music, you know? So it also helps me.
0: Music therapy professor Wendy McGee is not particularly surprised by this kind of response. Decades ago, when she was a student in Australia, she started witnessing music's ability to impact people with various neurological diseases.
2: And what I saw was people who, if you said to them, what's your name, they weren't able to actually even respond with their name. They weren't really able to speak to you if you interacted with them. But if you started singing to them, they could complete the last word of a phrase of a really familiar song or you could even, like, ask them musical quiz-type questions. Um, You know, Rodgers and Hammerstein wrote The Sound of... And they could say music. So here we saw people who were engaged in music making, so singing, and they certainly weren't physically able to play instruments, but they were able to respond with singing. With the sound of music.
1: My heart wants to sing every song.
2: We're living at the most fascinating time, um, really, in terms of understanding how music impacts the brain because with the invention of modern technologies and all the different types of ways we have of measuring responses in brain activity, it's enabled us to get um, a much better insight about what goes on when we hear music or when we listen to music or when we make music or when we move to music.
0: McGee now works at Temple University in Philadelphia and she says that when we hear music, there are multiple levels on which it engages our brain. Rhythm, melody,
2: lyrics. We've stimulated not just particular areas of the brain, not just the lobes of the brain. We've actually stimulated networks and systems. So we're firing all different areas and these different areas of the brain relate to each other in different ways. And most importantly, we light up these areas to do with Pleasure, emotion, and reward. And in the last few years, more senior centers and hospitals
0: have started to understand the depth of this mental engagement and the unexpected power of music to help people struggling with all sorts of issues. Our staff members will go out and do the interview and get. The individual's music preferences Rory Silva worked as an operations manager at Somerville Cambridge Elder Services just outside of Boston and she heard about this nonprofit called Music and Memory, which aims to tap into the power of music to impact, to excite the human brain So we ask questions like, do you remember um, what your wedding song was if if someone has dementia they're they might not remember but their children might or they may have heard of it or their spouse might remember um so we try and pick apart what their true music preferences are and then we build the playlist and give it to the staff member to bring back out to the home um and do you find that when people ask for things they normally like stuff from when their childhood their 20s like what do you do you notice a pattern it's typically a lot of Frank Sinatra, Dizzy Gillespie, a lot of the jazz and um, the Rat Pack crew. And um, a lot from, I'd say, between like the 40s and 70s. That's where most of our music comes from.
2: And the way you
0: look tonight. Which brings us, kind of back to ABBA if you change your mind take a chance, on the the change addictive swedish pop change band change of the 70s change and change to Elsie Stern change.
1: have you seen it i haven't seen it oh it's
0: so yeah so tiny i'm
1: looking after you and i'm saying i mean I, just the tv technology now is something else you know with the i mean we had to in our days it was black and white and turn <laughs> the tv on so too comprehend that this can hold so much music. I'm saying, my goodness, what's going to happen three or four years down the road? I mean,
0: really? Stern is talking about an iPod, which she got when she became part of the program, Music and Memory. The program started on Long Island, and it's now in thousands of hospitals and senior care facilities around the world. The iPod Elsie got had been programmed with her favorite songs, songs that she wants to listen to again and again. Just a couple of miles away, Louisa Solano also got an iPod. Well, it's great to meet you. (laughs) Louisa spent much of her life running a poetry bookstore. Now she's got epilepsy and she tends to forget things. She says the iPod has changed her life. Solano grew up listening to the grand old Opry, to Hank Williams, to Patsy Cline. I, I would say that of that group, it
3: was Patsy Cline.
0: I go out walking
1: after midnight, out in.
3: Obviously because she's a woman, but she has such a fantastic voice. I can start crying almost at the drop of a hat if I, I'm feeling sad and it's playing.
0: And you're listening to Patsy Klein. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, I'm always walking. After midnight searching for you. Solano knows the music she likes, and she says having it back in her life has had some unintended consequences like when her sister, who she isn't that close to, was visiting and helped Louisa when she got confused by how to work the iPod. And then she said, well, let's see what you play. And I
3: showed her my list. And there was this dead silence, which grew deader and deader and deader. And then she looked at me and said, this is almost exactly like my own. Really? Yeah. And then she informed me that um, the years ago when i was i moved into a new apartment, she said, well i was we were waiting there for you. I found this copy, this record that you had at Buffalo Springfield, and she said that was the first time I ever heard music like that before. She said, Now we have this great collection hmm. and it was the the deepest bonding experience I've ever had with her, and I think li- likewise likewise ber
0: that's really interesting and, and
3: I mean It was, it it was a, it was a
1: terrific gift. Mm -hmm.
0: You didn't think you were very close, but music brought you together. Right. 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 There's something happening here, but what it is ain't exactly clear. Wendy McGee, the music therapy professor from Temple University, says despite the fact that there are still mysteries surrounding how music affects the brain, we know it's amazing at pressing our buttons. And if you're a caregiver or you're just a family member, you can engage with people that you love through music, people who often are hard to reach otherwise. McGee personally likes the idea of singing together, even if that sounds
2: a little cheesy. Even if you think you can't sing in tune, we're all born musical beings, every single one of us. And the purpose of this is not to be performing at the Carnegie Hall. The purpose is just to engage, (laughs) you know, just to engage with your loved one and try and give them some structure, try to engage them as well.
0: Dan Cohen, who runs the nonprofit Music and Memory, in which both Louisa and Elsie participate, He's been a huge advocate of bringing music, generally via iPods, into people's lives. Those people are not always seniors, but they often are. It used to be in the 80s, it was a digital divide, the rich and the poor. Rich had access to technology, the poor did not. And this was sort of a new kind of digital divide. If you were institutionalized somewhere, um, you lost your access. There was a lot of technology around you, but nothing with you in mind. Um, And so uh, I thought, gee... This is where I could sort of add value to help make this happen. Cohen was listening to the radio about a dozen years ago when he heard a report on how people loved their iPods. And he thought, well, that might be true for kids or for young adults. But Cohen wondered about older adults who might be on the other side of that divide. He knew they loved music, but they might not have known how to make it accessible or portable in the same way as younger people. Cohen had a background in social work, but he had also worked in technology. And he started interviewing seniors in New York about the music they liked, loading the music onto an iPod, and giving it to them. Since then, the program has spread across the U.S. into Canada, Australia, Europe, and Israel. Now Cohen wants policymakers to realize what music can contribute to health. Music engages more parts of the brain than any other of our senses. So, you know, our sight, sense of smell very small part of the brain lights up when you do a brain scan. But when somebody's listening to their music, favorite music, their brain is lighting up in many parts of the brain. There's, so it's taking advantage of the parts of the brain that are still um, very functional. Louisa Solano, who ran the poetry shop before she retired, told me one hurdle for her with the program has been figuring out how to use the iPod.
3: Well, I don't know how to sh- I mean sh- shuffle it yet. I haven't figured that part out. And, no, sometimes I can't get the replay or the play in advance, and I don't know how to turn it off, actually. (laughs) I'm getting there. Okay. It's only a year, you know. (laughs) Give me time. Okay. I'm working up to it.
0: But when she does get it to work, the music seems to alter her world a little bit, and it brings her back to another time. When I become really anxious, I play it. And it really,
3: it really, really works. It just creates this kind of security that um, eliminates the need for any medication.
1: Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling
0: so lonely. On our website, you can see pictures of me with Louisa and Elsie. And you can get more info about music's impact on the brain. Plus, everyone on our staff has listed a couple of songs that stir memories from our youth. That's at innovationhub.org.